0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Success Podcast. My name is Gregory Morse, and this week we have special guest Jeff Higgins from the Adult and Teen Challenge of Southwest Missouri with us to talk about ATC, uh, as well as substance abuse. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good, great to hear. Well, just to start us off, can you tell us uh, a little bit a little bit about the adult and teen challenge
1: and what it is. Absolutely. Uh, Up until about a year and a half ago, we were just called teen challenge. Okay. Um, A lot of people had called in and say, I think my son's too old. He's 21. Hmm. And uh, we had to realize that uh, maybe we should rename it. So we've simply named it adult and teen challenge for that reason. Uh, But teen challenge is a Christ centered drug and alcohol rehab. Uh, It's one year in length. Hmm. Um, There are centers for men, which we are here. There are centers for women, and there's also centers for women with children. Um, Teen Challenge had its beginnings in New York City back in 1958, and uh, when there's basically no rehabs anywhere. Mm. And since then, it's grown to proportions that is now one of the largest, most successful in the world. We're in about 124 nations around the world. Wow. Uh, about 250 centers here in the United States, and
0: one of them being here in Osho. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, well, you you answer my next question, which was the the demographics. So you guys, your uh, adult and teen challenge Neo show is uh, exclusively men. Is that correct? Correct. And okay. And then um, so the name a little bit because even though it was team challenge you really you guys really do 18 plus that's, right that's the main okay right we're eight, 18 and up uh right now we have 18 to 46
1: year old we've had up to you know 50s 60s 70s at this facility we have 24 guys here uh, okay. but the average age is about 30 years old
0: okay cool so um what a you mentioned it's a year-long process um what what is um the tr- like what does treatment look like for this year long process uh you just a uh, general kind of plan of what does it look like if someone were to enter your facilities um, sure. In this
1: sure um first of all we they're not gonna sit around twiddling their thumbs smoking cigarettes hmm. um we keep them very busy here uh we've got about probably about thirty different classes that they're attending while they're here. Uh, A lot of life skills of anger, personal rights, temptation, uh, getting along with people. Just a lot of issues and life stuff, such as like marriage and a family, um, financial classes, cover a broad spectrum of of life. Um, We also have work responsibilities here. For example, we do a lot of lawn care. Like right now, we're deep into lawn care. Uh, We cut cut and sell firewood. Uh, We help people move. We have projects, you name it, we've done it or we will do it. Um, in the morning and evening time, we usually start and end the day with chapel services. Uh, we like to, you know, have us to have a guy start a day positively and then end it as well. We usually have outside speakers come in. Of course, COVID has cut a little bit of that schedule away for us this year so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but we're starting to get back on track with some of that stuff. Cool. Um, well, the the I- Go ahead. I'm sorry. I say that the men on the weekends, they usually have visits um, or like on Sundays, we'd go out quite a bit with the choir and minister to local churches um, or any group that would like us to have us to come in to share songs and and just life stories of these men.
0: Cool. Uh, That sounds really good. Um, I I was wondering if you could uh, tell me what, um, what are some common trends that you've noticed uh, with, uh, within clients um, who do struggle with substance abuse. Sure. Um, but,
1: yeah. Um, I started Teen Challenge, working at Teen Challenge back in 1991. Um, now I had a little break in there when they went out to pastor a church, but I've been around Teen challenge for about 30 years. Um, so back in the early 90s when I started, it was assumed that most guys coming to us um, had a crack issue. Mm. Um, and then as we see the, 20th century disappear in the 21st century come on scene uh, the heroin came on the scene just as strong too yeah. and so it switched from crack to heroin like I said I was out for about 9 years and coming back to Teen Challenge 5 years ago um, it has changed once again where the assumption is that most guys come to us are on meth or heroin or pills
0: mm. Gotcha. That that is interesting. The the kind of change that takes place um, over time, mm-hmm. uh, and the the prevalence. And I, I'm guessing it, it probably corresponds with um, how prevalent those those drugs are within the community. Oh, certainly,
1: certainly. It's it's the supply and demand. A lot of it, and sometimes it's the high that different groups of people are looking for too.
0: Gotcha. Um, I'm curious if um, if you've noticed if like. Um, kind of the, these men who have, who have developed uh, these addictions. Um, are there any common trends like in their lives that you've noticed that kind of were red flags that kind of led up to this addiction developing um, the, you've been able to see see really the, the common
1: threads, they're, they're really hard to find a common thread uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, again, if you go back decades, it was the inner city. Yeah. And if you go back, you know, 30, 40 years ago, it might be the, that side of the tracks versus this side of the tracks. Uh, Today, it's the old, it's the young, it's the rich, the poor, the, it doesn't matter where. Uh, I would say it's very, very important. The friends that people choose, um, if they, if they hang around the wrong person or wrong people, we also see, I think a lot more people um, who have family members that are addicts themselves, and it's sort of it's naturally sort of a family blend, a family
0: thing that they do. Gotcha. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, in my in my personal life, I've seen how how families can have a, a crucial impact, not only on the addiction part but on the recovery as well. So, Absolutely. Um, well, um, I I wanted to be sure to uh, I I love talking about this general uh topic of substance abuse and ATC. Um, but i uh, i I want to tie our audience in a little bit with uh success our program we run we run here at wills place sure and um and the the reason we wanted to reach out to you talk about this is because um through success um we've we've really made a point to look at what are some other factors that contribute to psychosis, which is what our program looks like mm-hmm. looks at uh especially in youth and young adults, and we have discovered that um substance abuse. Uh, can directly impact someone's likelihood of developing psychosis. Right. And so um, I'm, I'm curious, uh, it may not be as specific as psychosis, but I'm curious if you've seen um, within your clients if there's been a lot of like co occurring disorder, mental health disorders that have come along with the drug use um, in that kind of way.
1: Yeah, by all means. Um, you know, it, it's sort of one of those which came first the chicken or the egg type thing. Yeah. You know, is it mental health and led to drug addiction or with drug addiction led to mental health Mm -hmm. or just simply simultaneously. Uh, but what I have witnessed again, over many years of being at teen challenge is, uh, is the huge increase on the guys that are on medications for Mm -hmm. different kind of, you know, mental illnesses and so on. It's a huge, huge increase. Mm -hmm. Um, and whether that's the, drug of choice changes whether that's the more potency in the drugs and i think probably all of that goes into hand Mm -hmm. um it also goes hand in hand i think probably with the maybe pharmaceutical companies the doctors and so on this is an easy fix as it were Um, but you have certainly seen a, a lot of that uh come through here a lot of it's tied in especially when you're talking about the meth area Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've had many guys come here saying, I didn't, I didn't use meth. I used demons. Mm. Just the things that they'd said they'd seen and heard and experienced and felt and the paranoia and just, yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, it's really good that, uh, programs like ATC and then success that, uh, I, I personally like seeing these programs built to reach out to the community and help individuals, um, who are experiencing um, those mental health disorders and getting the help that they need. So i um, really, really glad to see organizations like that. Thank you. Uh, um, I wanted to ask um, if you could kind of just let us tell our audience a little bit about the effects on families that you've seen um, substance abuse have um, among your clients. Sure. Um, actually, you know, I, I think if we talked about
1: how it does not affect the family, it'd be a lot shorter. Yeah, because it it know a lot of people will say, well, it's just affecting me. It's none of your business. I can handle it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. That is so far from the truth. Um, It you know, any kind of addiction, it affects them uh, mental, their physical health. And I talked to one mom just recently. She said she lost over 100 pounds just because of the stress and anxiety that the addictions have put her through. Wow. Um, it, it, disturbs the routine and the scheduling of family. Everything gets centered upon that ad- ad- addict. Um, so the addict becomes the focus instead of perhaps other siblings, or even marriages get demolished because of viewpoints or just not knowing how to handle the stress of it. It actually affects marriage itself. Yeah. Um, the financial strain obviously from stealing or borrowing or, or even, um, you know, giving money to the addict, bailing them out of jail, et cetera. Uh, legal involvement affects the whole family from the newspaper to the police growing up on your house to um, court appearances, you know, sleepless nights, the anxiety, I mean it affects every area of every member
0: of the family. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And that's, that's what I've seen to um, being a part of, um, uh, I, I haven't been in the middle of field very long, but in the short time I've been here, I've seen that take place. And I mean, you're right; uh, it really does affect every single portion of the family life. And uh, the the amount of places it doesn't is just ridiculously short. Um, and right. that's something that we focus here with success is when we're helping. We primarily work with uh, youth and young adults, um, but we really have made a point to create programs that walk alongside not just the youth, but also the families themselves Absolutely. to help help people um, overcome that. Because um, a lot of times, you know, we have all kinds of programs that focus on the person who needs help. Right. But then a lot of times the family gets kind of left behind. Exactly. We, we have to find ways and programs to kind of walk alongside them. And um that's why success has created the, a program for family supports and so it's just a person that really is there to support the family um to help uh in those situations so that while their loved one is getting help they don't feel left out and they don't feel behind and um it, it's been really successful and i think um i i think really it can easily be seen how this would be successful you know oh yeah yeah
1: and I'm amazed that as I see these guys' lives change over a year, over course of a year um, and have family visits and certainly by the time they graduate a year later, uh, how much impacting for good that it does to the family you know they, they get to sleep they get to have tears of joy instead of sorrow and and uh, so by just uh, one life getting better, it changes mm. for good the
0: whole family yeah yeah that's incredible. Um, the, the last kind of big question I have for you, Jeff, is, um, how you listed the kind of age range of clients that you, that you have there, um, earlier, but how many of them would you say that their substance use started when they were in their youth or, or teenagers or young adults? Yeah, I,
1: I've, I've interviewed and talked with most all of them. Um, I would say it's at a hundred percent or I would say 99% to make it safe. Mm, yeah. Um. Mostly, it has started with nicotine, mm-hmm. then goes up to alcohol, then marijuana. That seems to be the normal path of things. Yeah. And then they jump into something stronger. Rarely do I find someone who just jumps right into meth or heroin. Yeah. It's always progressive, and it usually starts off with nicotine. That's why we have a a strict policy here about not even smoking or chewing, because we realize that's where things begin. Yeah. Um. We, we have noticed that um, most of them that when they started smoking or vaping, which is a big thing now um, mm-hmm. started in or before their teen years. Oh, wow! Um, and then drinking began certainly in their teenage years. Mm-hmm. And then most started using marijuana in their teenage years. So this whole, you know, legal 21 really had nothing to do with them
0: at all. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the, that makes a lot of sense. That uh, having a progression, um, which is I think important for people to know, because, um, you know, it, it's really easy to see someone who's addicted to heroin or meth and saying, "Man, how how could you ever get into that?" But right, um, I, I've seen stories in my own life where, like, you know, you don't start out there; you start out with something lesser, and you just kind of build up on it. Yep, yep. And um, and that's why, really, like you just pointed out, it's really important to find out when this is starting because. If we know that in most cases it's starting in youth or adolescence, even, right? If we can create programs that are proactively going out and helping individuals who are starting to get addicted at such a young age, um, that's gonna, uh, I mean, that's gonna help in the long run, making sure they don't um, get into this path that leads them to a, a really dark
1: space. Right, and a lot of them think they're just having fun, mm-hmm. and that's all there is to it. And that's why the, that's why we don't see them coming here to their mid late twenties, because at some point they've gotten into some serious trouble. They realized, oops, what do I go from
0: here? Yeah. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate uh, you joining us today. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like our audience to know um, about either substance abuse or uh, the adult and teen challenge?
1: Um, Well, obviously in substance abuse, I'd tell anyone don't even think you can just play with it and you'll be different than anybody else. You won't be. Uh, yeah. Secondly is if you do have a loved one who is involved with it, um, you, you need to try it as best you can to nip it in the bud as it were, you know, to get help for them, or at least get your ducks in line when the day does come, which it will when they need help that you've got a direction to go. And so you don't panic mode that last second, say, what do I do? Where do I go? Who do I talk to?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, that that will conclude today's episode. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us today uh, and talking to us for a few minutes um, about substance abuse and the ATC. It's really good. Uh, we love talking about to community organizations who are uh, helping in the fight against mental illness and substance abuse. And so uh, really glad to have you on. Thank you to our audience for listening. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, please subscribe and share us with your friends, family, and colleagues. Um, as always, if you have questions, comments, topic suggestions, or you want more resources like uh, visiting the ATC website um, or other uh, good supports um, and resources, you can find all this on our website uh, at mosuccess.com. That's M-O-S-O-C-C-E-S-S.com. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.